You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in episode 63 of the Brianna Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, a man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Aaron, how we doing, my friend? Yeah, that's, that's big shoes to fill with that intro, but uh, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great, man. Always always nice to be on with a legend as yourself, as I, as I said. Uh, Super Bowl podcast, uh, 63 Super Bowl podcast. Uh, no idea what number Super Bowl it is, but I do know we have 63 podcast episodes out, including this one. Uh, massive, obviously, matchup between the Rams and the Bengals. Unlikely uh, Super Bowl. I mean, if you would have told me I would see Rams-Bengals uh, in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, I would have said, yeah, I could probably see the Rams. Um, but if you would have told me OBJ, and Eric Weddle were on the team, I probably would have slapped you in the face. Uh, but again, the Bengals, obviously a phenomenal run, taking down the Chiefs, Titans, among some other great opponents uh, this season. The Rams obviously doing so. Taking down their state rival, the 49ers, a juicy matchup. And plenty of storylines, Matt Stafford, obviously, hopefully looking to get over the hump. Sean McVay looking, obviously, redeem, uh, come back from his 2019 Super Bowl performance. And uh, obviously a lot of stuff on, on the Bengals. Joe Burrow uh, being a legend. Zach Taylor being McVay's protege. Plenty of places for us to go, Aaron. But where would you like to start here? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it, it would be, it wouldn't be right if we didn't touch on like how, I guess, improbable you would say the, uh, the Bengals, like, like you said. I mean, if you would have told me the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl, I didn't even think I, – I still kind of think maybe if, if Baltimore was fully healthy, like, they might have won that division. So, like, I, I still haven't fully yeah. almost accepted to the fact the Bengals have gotten gotten here, whether whether you blame the Chiefs or, or, or you give credit to the Bengals. One way or another, the, the ball fell their way and, and they got here. So, I mean, it, you can't – you, you got to tip your cap to them. And, and, like, you know, basically we could talk about – like how amazing it's been for, for Burrow, obviously, and, and really super improbable, I would say for, for a coach like Zach Taylor, I I just, I still don't know, you know, how, how good of a coach is Zach Taylor, but um, (laughs) we, we can, we can go off a little bit on, on at least the the Bengals side of things. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, it's, it's crazy. I mean, every step of the way they've obviously felt like such underdogs, um, and I, I think this game is like certainly no different. Um, I mean, the Rams are favored by four in a Super Bowl. Uh, I know they're they're the home team, and 
Uh, I mean, obviously playing at their home stadium and, and a lot of things are obviously falling within their favor and you look at the roster. If you did, if Aaron and I were just to go back and forth and name like good players on each team, I think the list for the Rams would be significantly longer um, than that of the Bengals. So the odds are certainly stacked against them, um, but the odds have been stacked against them this entire playoffs. I mean, if you, you know, Joe Burrow obviously going into the, Kansas City, that entire team, a shorthanded team, mind you, going into Kansas City and ripping off that second half comeback. I mean, if that doesn't scream like this team has what it takes to go all the way, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they can get healthier. Their tight end, CJ Uzuma, I'm probably butchering that name. Um, they had like a pep rally in Cincinnati, a little pep rally send off a la Man Township Friday football when they would start the season. It was, it was like October pep rallies and Aaron and I had to had to sit through unfortunately um kind of like that so essentially this guy gets up on stage rips off his like walking boot I think Big Ben would have been very upset because Big Ben I think has a walking boot on his like 24 7 but um had, had an ankle injury did, did CJ Uzuma in the uh, early really early in the AFC championship game and ripped off his his little cast there so hopefully he's good to go um obviously Joe Mixon Jabbar Chase Higgins Boyd uh, they're obviously raring to go. A matter of if their offensive line can hold up against Vaughn Miller, Leonard Floyd, uh, and obviously Aaron Donald. Uh, that's probably the – I mean, that's just the, the lazy, like, media take as everyone's going to watch the offensive line versus the defensive line of, of the Rams. Um, I mean, he got sacked nine times against the Titans, did Joe Burrow. So that's kind of the lazy take out there. But, um, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow can escape, get out of the pocket, um, dump it down to mixing, it can do some things. Jamar Chase is open, 7-11 always open. Um, so, he obviously, it's a security blanket there. So, I think it's going to be a much closer game than people are, are calling for. There's some out there um, saying it's going to be a Rams blow, blowout. I don't see that. I, I do. We'll get to our picks later. But um, I, I just kind of see this being a closer game rather than a blowout either way. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I'm I'm split on that. The last point you made there, I'm, I'm a little split. Um, I think the Bengals have to, like – somewhat protect Joe Burrow. I mean, if, if he's getting just oh, yeah. over, I could see why people are saying like it could be a, a blowout only because if, if he were, were to get run over, like similar to how the Titans sacked them nine times, like if they get double digit sacks on Burrow, um, you know, that'll obviously serve as, as a problem. But at the same time, I, I think they're going to try and take um, Jamar Chase out of the game, at least early uh, on the Rams yep. side of the ball. So I think, if, if I'm Joe Burrow, if I'm, if I'm Cincinnati, um, I'm going into that game not looking to target uh, Jamar Chase early on. I'm looking to just play a different style of game, you know, almost like ignore him for a little bit, uh, maybe the first drive or two. And then, you know, maybe maybe they take Ramsey and, and, and put him in the box or they, they just slide him back and, and they slack off a little bit uh, just because they realize, like, you know, we're not going to Jamar Chase heavy. And then bang, the Bengals start hitting Jamar Chase. Then then the Rams have to adjust. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, that that's kind of the matchup, I would say. Um, aside from like Stafford and Burrow, but two guys going up against each other, like Jalen Ramsey on on the rookie, you know, Phenom Jamar Chase. That's gonna be obviously a marquee, a marquee matchup for for the game. Um, and it's really gonna be a difference maker and I think how the game turns out and, and the result and and really who wins and loses could could come down to you know, how much success does Jamar Chase have and how well can um, Jalen Ramsey play against him for four, for four quarters, excuse me. Yeah, co- consequently, I mean, that matchup is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you look at Cooper Cup going up against Eli Apple, 
two of the best to ever do. I think that's going to obviously be, no, I, I say that in jest about Eli Apple. Um, I mean, he had his shining moment against Tyree kill. He stopped him on like that little goal line split, which I think was more of the fault of the chiefs play call in there. Um, yeah. Cooper cup, just to talk about kind of like that matchup. I think, I mean, they're going to throw, throw the kitchen sink and then some at this guy. I don't think that's really going to stop him. Um, OBJ, obviously having him is huge, especially when Robert Woods went down. I mean, it's it's kind of funny. You look at this team before that, it was like Cooper Cup to Sean Jackson and, and like a prayer. And then obviously they get OBJ, I think, right after, right before um, Robert Woods went down for the season. So receivers in this game are going to be absolutely massive. Um, I think the Chiefs did a good job of like not taking Chase away totally last week, but just kind of limiting uh, his skill set and, and limiting those explosive plays, obviously – I mean, Joe Burrow and him catching on like three, probably like decent back shoulder throws. So um, I look for a guy like T Higgins to have a good game. I think he had six catches for over a hundred last week. If, especially if Ramsey's just going to like shadow chase all game. Um, I do think that, that Higgins is going to be a big factor. And um, I mean, if you look at Mike Evans and, and some other guys who've had success against Ramsey this, this postseason, I don't think uh, this might be somewhat of a hot take. I don't think Ramsey is, is big, bad Ramsey is like he used to be a couple of years ago. Um, obviously he's still, you know, for my money, probably one of, if not the best corners in the league, but, um, I do think Joe Burrow is like, or, uh, Jamar Chase, obviously very physical, obviously fast, obviously a big body. I think he'll be able to do some damage against, against Ramsey. And I mean, that for sure is like one of, one of the matchups I'm most looking forward to watching. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think you're right too. I mean, I, Jalen Ramsey on, at least on the Jags, like that was just insane. Um, but you know, he's anybody's beatable and, and that's why they play the game and it's any given Sunday. So um, like you, like you kind of alluded to a lot um, throughout this, this playoff run, like even myself, I've counted, I, I think I thought the Titans were going to beat the Bengals and then I thought the Chiefs were going to beat the Bengals. And then, you know, here we are you know, right, right before the big game and, and the Bengals are in it. So it, it's, it's kind of hard to believe still for me personally, but um, you know, it, it, it's another thing where, where Joe Burrow just, like everybody's rallying around him um, for one. Uh, I think that team just has a ton of character, a ton of um, like swag, if you will. I, I know the kids don't say that anymore, but um, yeah, it, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals are, are the, are the Cinderella. They are the hot uh, story. I would say the Rams are, you know, on paper probably expected to be there just because of yep. you know, they really have everybody at every position, but uh, obviously Stafford, uh, you know, it is, this is his 13th season and, and Burrow in his second. Um, yep. I'd feel a little bit bad. I mean, obviously these, these guys live a lavish lifestyle. They, they play, play their, their game of football for a living. Like, you know, it's not too bad either way, but I mean, Stafford going through so many countless years in Detroit and then, you know, finally getting over the humping and getting to the big game with a team, obviously that, that's just absolutely built. And, you know, if he would come up short, that's got it. That would be, <laughs> A little bit painful for for Stafford. I can I can only imagine. Yeah, uh, this I mean, yeah. You mentioned the amount of the amount of years that Stafford's played in this league. To me, it kind of shades of that um, twenty thirteen Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, his second year in the Seahawks, taking on Peyton Manning and the Broncos, and absolutely smoking him out of the building. I mean that that defense, Legion of Boom, obviously was the best defense that I've probably ever seen. And the Bengals don't have near the the, the caliber defense or or skill guys to match them, but like, just, just from a quarterback standpoint, um, I think everyone and their mother wanted Peyton Manning to, to win that game. And, 
and get another Super Bowl under his belt. Obviously, he did later on in 2015, um, which was almost a shred of, of Peyton Manning, and he relied on his defense uh, to get him there. But um, Joe Burrow, I think, obviously has a lot of time left in this league, obviously a fan favorite, and I feel like Stafford is as well. I mean, even if you don't – even if you feel, like, indifferent about the lines and, like, him, like, I think you just kind of feel bad in general for the situation he's been in for – the entirety of, of his career. I think everyone is probably rooting for Stafford um, at least to be successful uh, outside of like maybe Jared Goff. He's probably still feeling a little salty, uh, obviously uh, him being up in, in cold weather Detroit there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Stafford is, is, if you look at his like sheer stats, like over his career, um, he, he's like legitimately putting up hall of fame numbers. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he's going to be a hall of famer. I mean, he has no rings. I mean, if he gets, if he gets this ring, this definitely, starts a trajectory and at least puts him in the conversation. Ultimately you probably have to win one or two more uh, to do so. Um, but I mean, where do you kind of like, is it, does this make him above like a, a Roger, uh, not a, like a Roethlisberger, like on a, on a Rogers is like overall career level. If, uh, if Stafford ends up getting this done. It's so hard, man. It's so hard to like, that's, that's just a, such a hard take because it, it's, he played in Detroit. So it's like, you almost have to, Great him with a curve, I would say. I mean, this is literally the first year he's been with a good team. And, and you know, obviously you can't, you can't like speculate, well, if you put this guy on this team and this guy on this team, you know, that type of deal. But it, I mean, to, to be on, you know, 12 years with, you know, arguably the worst organization, if not the worst organization in, in the NFL, um, and <laughs> put up the numbers that he did behind, you know, only God knows you know, who was on that offensive line his entire career. So, I mean, it's hard to say for me that he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Even I know he's got no rings and, and things like that. But, I mean, if you're just, like you said, if you're purely, purely looking at stats, he's got 323 touchdowns, only 161 picks. He's five yards short of 50,000 yards. Like, he, I mean, the guy is – the guy's always been pr very productive in this league. And, like yep. – um, you know, he's probably the only reason that the Lions were even somewhat relevant um, throughout his tenure there. So, um, I, like you said, I mean, I think if he if he adds a Super Bowl to his resume, I, I think just based on that, I, I would probably let him in only because I've, I've seen him play on such a horrible team and, and play well, at, you know, for most of him individually play well. So, um, yeah, it it's tough. I mean, I, I think – you know, 10, 15, especially like 20 years ago, it was definitely harder to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think they've kind of, you know, softened that up a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, I think if he wins, if he wins one chip or, or if, you know, he plays, let's say four more years, uh, that would make him 38. Um, and he, he gets at least one or, you know, he finishes above 500 in the playoffs. Like, I, I just feel like he's, He's that much of a stat machine where he kind of deserves a Hall of Fame spot, regardless. Yeah. Like I, I and, and and maybe that's not fair to other guys, but he, you got to grade him with a curve for me. Like that team, that team, that organization, like it was a shit show in Detroit, and like he he did lift them up. Now, granted, he had one of the best receivers probably ever in, in Calvin Johnson, and <laughs> and people forget about him, and I think he'll always kind of be like not not forgotten about completely but you know just overshadowed because he played on such a bad team but you know that is one of the best production receivers ever so that's yeah uh, i think i mean i i think from my point of view if, if he gets a ring i think you got to put him above brady 
I think he's the goat. There you go. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I think he. I think he has to plan him as the goat just because, like you said, the trauma. He, I mean, if you think about it, if you put him on any other any other franchise, like Jets included, uh, Jacksonville included, I, I think he probably like at least gets to a, a conference championship game. But you think about it, yeah, that's that's probably fair. And not and and not that this matters a ton, but like. I mean, I, I was watching a whole like document, not documentary, but interview with him and his wife. And his wife was talking about how like she went through like a brain tumor, you know, like they just. Yeah. Like I say a lot, like these guys are extremely blessed at the end of the day. Obviously, they, they work very hard to get there. But I mean, he's had to face adversity for like, you know, on and off the field. Like you just kind of have to. And he doesn't seem like a he doesn't seem like a douchebag. I'll say that he, he's not right. He's not one of these other guys with with a massive ego. I mean, I'm sure every quarterback has it to a certain degree, but uh, it's hard to not root for the guy, whether, whether you like the Rams and, and how they built that team, you know, it's a whole different thing, but uh, he just seems like a good dude. I don't know. Yeah, no, he, he does. He does for sure. I, I, I mean, Joe Burrow obviously is too, like his, we talked about it last week, but like just him going from national championship um, Heisman, to, to them in a Super Bowl in a matter of three, four years is, is obviously absolutely nuts. Um, and I, I wish all the best for him too. Like it's, it's a tough like rooting situation. I'm, I'm very, I think I touched on this last week too. I'm just very happy to not be rooting actively against anybody. Um, I'm very happy that, you know, the Bills obviously aren't in, in, in it for as an AFC East rival. And I'm happy that I don't have to root for whoever's against Tom Brady uh, in, the, in the Super Bowl. And, and thankfully he's obviously out of the league now. Um, but I mean, this in general, besides the quarterbacks, this, I mean, we touched on a little bit, but, um, the Super Bowl in general has massive storylines across the board and, uh, Sean McVay and, and Zach Taylor, um, coming from the same coaching tree, I believe Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach. I could have that. Maybe he was the offensive coordinator under McVay a couple of years back before ultimately getting that head coaching job in Cincinnati. It will mark the first time uh a member of the shanahan coaching tree um i think it's i guess kyle shanahan's tree uh or maybe it's mike shanahan's tree we'll get the super bowl um unless they tie which would be somehow hilarious um so i think it's it's crazy just to think about sean McVay. we touched we aaron and i were talking about this off air being 36 years old entering his second super bowl um, I think if, if he wins this game uh if, if the rams ultimately win i think this just vaults him uh into like like an Andy Reid conversation, like a Mike Tomlin, like I'm, I'm just talking about guys who have, have rings, obviously. But I, I think this, you have to, he's already considered one of the best coaches in the NFL and, and obviously has a phenomenal roster to coincide with his, his obviously talent coaching. But um, I think all around, there, there's just guys around him who say that he knows so much about the game, so much about all three phases of the game, in addition to obviously calling the offensive plays. So, um, Zach Taylor, uh, we really don't know much about him. I feel like I know everyone and their mother was saying that he was going to be on the hot seat coming into this season, obviously going four and I guess it was 12 um, last season during COVID. So um, the jury's still out for me there, um, but it is kind of cool just to see, um, you know, two former colleagues battling it out um, on, on the biggest stage. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this will be obviously um, McVay's second trip to the Super Bowl coming up short against the Pats. So I'm sure, you know, regardless of, of the outcome, the first time, every time you, you get there, you want to win. Like, you never know. Uh, I've heard a lot of guys say you never know when you'll get back, So uh, which which is the case. So 
Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. I mean, you, you touched on Burrow and, and you know, how impressive and, 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 you know, how remarkable his accomplishments have been just so far. Uh, and, and that really, it, it, it just feels like the Bengals, like it almost feels like the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl and the fact that like, I didn't think they had the best team either. Um, and they got their defense got lit up in the Super Bowl by Tom Brady, but um, yep. you know, it, it's, it's hard to, to like dismiss the fact that they've gotten, they got through the chiefs like that. That was the game where I was like, there's yeah. no way, there's no way they're going to overcome it. And they found a way. So, I mean, they, they definitely have the potential to find a way. Um, I mean, you're going up against, you know, it's not just Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Now, now it's Cooper cup, Odell, um, you know, the whole crew there, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a handful, but uh, I'm definitely excited for it. It, 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 it feels surreal that the, that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Um, not to completely shit on them, but it just feels very weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, they've definitely over, you know, whether you say they overachieved or they, they seized the moment, um, they're definitely, they're definitely the, the, the surprise, the Cinderella of the, of the whole league and, and of the whole season, I would say. No, hundred percent. Um, other Super Bowl storylines, uh, halftime show, how, how are we feeling? Um, it's, it's going to be Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, that's one, two, three, four, five people uh, on the same stage. I, I don't know how that's going to go last year, the weekend, uh, allegedly poured $6 million of his own money on top of the money the NFL was pouring into it to, I thought, orchestrate a, you know, lackluster halftime show, if, if you will. But um, in, in your opinion, what can we expect from these uh, heavy hitters of this year's halftime show? Hey, man, I, Daniel and I don't disagree much, so it's, it's okay. I, I enjoyed the weekend's uh, weird – you could say weird performance. You could say, you know, a little bit out there. The guy's – Guys, a little yeah. different. I'll say that. I was just, I was just lost. I guess that's probably. I mean, I, I, I he, he himself individually is good. I was just a little lost by that performance. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Uh, you know, get a couple of drinks going. You're, you're down on the field. It's probably a whole different experience. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was, uh, it was exciting. I, I'll say that it definitely had my attention the whole time. Um, this year, I, I don't know. Um, obviously, they're gonna. Eminem, all those guys, uh, to, to put it lightly, have a, a, a potty mouth. So, um, you know, I don't know if they're going <laughs> to – they're just going to, like, completely delete the words out of the songs, you know, or, like, they'll come up on it and then just kind of, you know, like not say it or whatever, you know, whatever that situation will be. That will be interesting because, I mean, th th that's just a lot of people. That's a lot of rap artists at one time. Uh, seeing Eminem, I think that will be one of the crazier uh, things. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because – you never know, like a live performance with Eminem. That's just not something. Uh, Snoop Dogg, you know, I, I kind of expect, you know, this the, the usual, like just Snoop Dogg being Snoop Dogg. But oh, he's uh, gonna be he's gonna be electric. I can't. I think he's the one I'm most looking forward to seeing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I the the old probably our parents are are probably not gonna watch much of that. I would say. Yeah, uh, probably not. Uh, so that's gonna turn off at least the. The middle-aged folk uh, of the country, but you know it'll be it'll be. I, I have no idea what to expect, so it should be uh, you know should be interesting. I'll say that. I don't know what else to really say. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's. It, I feel like they always try too hard. Uh, there there have been I've probably counted in one hand how many 
decent, you know, entertaining halftime shows I've seen in my life. And <laughs> it seems like they're trying something different, obviously, than having your one or two artists, uh, you know, obviously be on, be on the stage and, and perform. But uh, I think I think it'll be it'll be good. Um, anything anything better than, than what we watched last year, I think. Again, I like the weekend. I just I couldn't get behind the performance. I don't know what it was. Maybe I have to rewatch it and see if I can, you know, have some better feelings on it. But what I remember wasn't great. I can't, dude. I just not to go off on. I I can't. I remember Bruno Mars. I remember the weekend. I can't. I can't tell you like other ones. I can't. They're like fuzzy. There was a uh, J Lo and um, oh, Shakira yeah. a couple years yeah. ago. That was good. I'll give you. Uh, that. I think Lady Gaga when. Uh, Maybe it was Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. Maybe that was Lady Gaga. She was like a couple years back. Um, Justin guys, Timberlake yeah. was a couple years back. Adam Levine, maybe. I could be all wrong. This could be like years ago. Um, no, I think you're actually pretty spot. Man, you got most of a photographic memory. I, now it's coming Katie back. Perry. She uh, she did like the green screen thing. She was on there. Um, I remember there was a time after the like Janet Jackson thing. There was like the uh, like Bon Jovi, the Who, uh, Tom Petty, the Harper, like all those classic. I mean, which obviously isn't a bad thing. If that if that floats your boat, it floats your boat. But there was like all those classic rock, like I don't know, fifty year old white dudes who were up there for like good stretch, like five or six years there. Oh, Coldplay did the did, did I I do not remember that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I have a little, you know, I have respect for Coldplay. Um, but, yeah, no, you're you're pretty spot on. I'm looking here at Maroon 5, Justin Timberlake. Lady Gaga was 2017, yeah. which uh, that was that was the year before the Eagles won. Year before. Justin, Justin Timberlake did the Eagles, Patriots. Um, yeah, Katy Perry back in 15, Bruno Mars in 14. Madonna. The- oh, yeah, Beyonce, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Bruno Mars, you said. Black eyed, black eyed peas. That's a good. I, I see. They're they're enough like energy. I think. I no. Yeah. No disrespect to any any. I mean, pretty much all these like the who all, all they all have like you know legendary careers and and you know that have had their success for sure, without a doubt. But you, I feel you can't. You got to bring like, you got to bring somebody electric to that. Now I don't know this year. It's just so. It's, it might be too much. But, um, yeah. I'm surprised like Drake's never done the halftime show. I'll be honest with you. That'd be electric. Um, yeah, that'd be electric for sure. I mean, I feel like they're. I feel like they're going. I mean, this this year is kind of funky, but they've been going for I think kind of the the most popular, like popular, but like safe. You know, like I mean, not that Drake isn't safe. I think he'd be safe too. But like they're not. They're not. They're not pulling it off like you know teenagers off the street. You know, to you know the the young guns to do this. So um, I think it's it's maybe it's. I mean, the weekend, I guess, is kind of younger as well. But um, Drake would be sick, obviously. Um, there's There'd be some other other good ones. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was good good conversation. I mean, it's it's a little interesting what they're doing this year. Um, we'll have to – maybe Aaron and I will power rank our, our one through five um, favorite favorite artists from the halftime show and definitely chat about it, chat about it next week for sure. All right. Uh, any other Super Bowl storylines, Aaron? Before we get to some other stuff, we obviously got to talk. Brian Flores obviously got to talk some coaching hires, but any other Super Bowl stuff before we wrap up this chat? Uh, the only thing I'll, I'll mention, I don't think it's a big deal, and, and we don't even have to spend much time on it. Is like the the Bengals. I guess they showed up Tuesday to the Super Bowl, and everybody was kind of freaking out, like, "Oh, nobody shows up that late." I don't actually don't think that's a bad <laughs> idea. Um, 
I kind of like that idea actually because I mean to go from Cincinnati to LA I mean some of these younger guys are probably going to be like holy hell like the, the you know to yeah. spend the, you know you fly in to play a a, a game a regular season game I, I think they come in you know probably Wednesday Thursday Friday something like that in that ballpark I obviously I don't know I'm not even close to the league but I would think in that ballpark you know they spend you know maybe they go out one night get get some a dinner you know hang out at the hotel but you know, if you're coming in Tuesday, you got Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and all the way up to the Super Bowl. There's potential. There, there's been people that have gotten in trouble Super Bowl week before, um, and and you know, Los Angeles is, is one of those places. Kind of like you know, you saw Camaro get in trouble at the yeah you know, the Pro Bowl. Uh, that's the last thing you need. So, um, a fairly younger team uh, overall, not a bad idea. I think you keep them in Cincinnati and you fly out Tuesday. Less distractions, like less less nonsense and, and BS. And, and obviously you're still going to have to answer 80 million media questions. Uh, but I, I actually don't think that's a bad idea. People were making a big deal out of that. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing is, is how I look at it. Yeah. That, I mean, that feels right to me. Um, I mean, especially like, I think the the cases in LA are, are you know, COVID wise, I think are, you know, towards, towards obviously the highest part of the country um, in terms of number of, of cases there. So maybe that's a factor as well. But, I mean, Tuesday doesn't seem late to me at all. I mean, I, if I'm them, I, I think I want to keep my guys at, at home and, and sleep in their own beds and just keeping them to a familiar routine for as long as possible. I mean, obviously you have your media obligations, radio row obligations, and, and Super Bowl media day I think is is today. was today or maybe it's tomorrow. But um, obviously there's some, some media stuff to take care of. So they have to be – uh, at least within within market earlier, um, but but yeah, Tuesday feels right to me. I mean, I, I think I like I said, I'd, pro- I'd rather the latest possible deadline to get to the Super Bowl city. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously the Rams are, are still in, in market there, but um, would make the most sense to me. I don't understand that. I don't understand the hate either. They got what, five or six days to get used to the time change. I mean, I think that's plenty of time. Yeah, they'll be they'll be. I think they'll be fine. I mean, if, if Burrow takes the guys out, you know, it's all it's all in in good thinking. I'll say that. I don't I, anything Joe Burrow <laughs> does, you know, in Burrow we trust. That's what I'd say. Facts, facts only. <laughs> um, all right, here, let's get to our picks. Uh, I mentioned Rams are favored by four points. Um, they are playing in their home stadium. I believe they are the home team as well. Technically, uh, I don't know what uniforms either team is wearing yet, but. Um, Always interested to see that. Hopefully, it's maybe it's like that little blue on on uh, orange and black action, which would be good. I'm sure you know the Bengals are probably wearing white, but um, either way, we'll get to our picks. Darren and I kind of broke down the roster a little bit, some key matchups. I think you can probably get a feel for which way either of us is going. Um, I'll have you start though, my friend. What is your What is your Super Bowl pick? Yeah, I'm. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the upset wave. I'm gonna take the Bengals. Um, wow. I don't feel great about this at all, but uh, I've been – my playoff picks couldn't have been worse this year, and, and really I, <laughs> I, I'm kind of lost altogether with the whole thing. So I'm going to take Bengals. The, whether you believe it or not, whether there's any legitimacy around it, the, the Simpsons picked the Bengals. I don't know the entire backstory to it, but the Simpsons have, oh. have, pred- have predicted quite a few things happening throughout our, our history of our country, which is – I don't see how – they have done it, uh, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, it's conspiracy theories or what, whatever it might be. Um, the, the Bengals were picked by the Simpsons, so I'm going to 
I'm going to put some trust in the Simpsons because uh, they have a decent track record with that type of thing. So uh, they picked them to win 34-31. Uh, I'm well. going to I'm going to take him to, to win 30, let's do 38-35. I'll take 38-35 Cincinnati. Hammer the over, 38-35. I love it. Um, I, would, I would love to see that as well. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to go Rams here. I'm going to go Chalk. Uh, I think they win by – I'm going to go 24-21 by three. I, I think the Bengals cover, um, but I think the Rams ultimately win this game. I do think it's going to be close. Um, like I said, there's I, I, thought, I said this. Earlier, there's a lot of people out there predicting a blowout uh, in the Rams' favor, which to me doesn't doesn't make much sense, just based off of what the Bengals have been able to accomplish this postseason. And Joe Burrow is as hot as a quarterback could be right now, and in terms of his his play and, and also his off the field looks, uh, which are obviously great with the Cartier glasses and, and the chains he's rocking there and the ice and all that good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Stafford. I think him and Cooper Cup, Sony Michelle, Cam Akers. It'd be too much for that defense that that played obviously outstanding against against Mahomes, but I think some of the stuff that worked against the Chiefs, uh, I think the Rams are going to have a plan for that. And if there's anyone in the league, you know, who would have who would have a, a response, it's probably going to be Sean McVay. And then that defense, uh, I mean, that defensive line is obviously phenomenal. A um, little weak, I think, in the safety and linebacker situation, but they got Jalen Ramsey um, after hopefully shadowing a guy like Jamar Chase. So. I am going to go Rams 24 uh, and then Bengals 21. I like it, man. I, I could, I could definitely see the, the Rams make more sense to win this game. It's just, I'm going out a little bit on a limb this time and, and just kind of just weighing it. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to see how they match up. And, and some of these things might be, be big issues like Cooper cup against, you know, if they put Eli Apple on them, like that could be a, yeah. I, Cooper Cup could end up with 200 yards. It's very possible. They're going to have to triple team the guy, I think, to, to make sure it doesn't kill him. Yeah, and then Odell will. But it's, it's... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they got options. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I would have had the Bengals losing, uh, like I said, against the Titans and, and the Chiefs as well. So, um, just the fact that they're able to be here, uh, I think, is, is obviously great. Um, and I don't hate that pick for sure. Uh, I just want to see an entertaining game. And like I said, it just feels refreshing to not have to root against anybody. And, and hopefully it's just a, a good, solid game overall. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. Uh, coaching hires in the league. We talked about uh, some last week, some the week before. It feels like this has been the longest coaching carousel of all time. Nine total jobs are open at the end of, the, at the end of uh, when all was said and done there. I think that's, you know, basically a quarter of the league, which is insane. Uh, but the Texans hired a guy in-house, Lovey Smith. Um, I mean, obviously very familiar name, looks a lot different now with that long beard, but essentially firing David Culley to then hire Lovey Smith to me is interesting, but we'll get to it. Uh, the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel, uh, who is also from that Shanahan coaching tree. He was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers this past year and then was actually on that same 2013 Redskins staff with Shanahan McVay, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, that 2013 staff when Mike Shanahan was the head coach, he was actually a wide receivers coach. So Dolphins get Tua, an offensive guy. Uh, the Saints go with Dennis Allen. He was their defensive coordinator. I think this was the chalk decision, the chalk pick. Um, if, if, it, I was a, if I think the betting favorite out there was for Dennis Allen to get this job. He's been there for a little bit. 
Um, they hired, they, they interviewed, I should say, the enemy. I thought he was going to be a pretty heavy favorite um, for that job, but unfortunately did not get it. And then the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. He is currently the offensive coordinator for the Rams. So um, it's a bigger fish to fry once he finishes the Super Bowl. I think they brought in Jim Harbaugh for like an eight-hour interview, but ended up turning him down, which is kind of funny. I think Aaron would have wished he would have left Michigan and gone to to Minnesota um, and the Vikings there. But those, to me, I think are the, the four of oh, Dougie P. I, can't, I mean, I'll let Aaron talk about Dougie P. I, I can't believe I forgot. Maybe we start with Dougie P. Were you – were you surprised, Aaron, that, that Dougie P gets back in the league this, this quickly after he got fired? Disrespect for Dougie P. No. Uh, Disrespectful. Just, just forgetting My about man. completely. Uh, no, all jokes aside. That's twice I forgot about him. <laughs> all jokes aside, um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was definitely surprised at Dougie P a little bit. Uh, I didn't – I mean, I heard, like, the rumblings of it. Uh, I heard, like, Saints pretty heavy for a little bit with, with Doug Peterson as well. And then uh, Chicago, but, you know, Chicago, I think, was the first on the board to, to get a coach and, and Matt Eberflus. Uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, just going down the list of them. It, it, oh, we Josh McDaniels, I don't know if we talked about that one uh, last, yep. last week. Good call. Um, Thank yeah. God he's out of the AFCs. <laughs> um, yeah, I, as far as, like, you know, we could, we could like quickly rank them or, or, you know, give letter grades. I see, you know, these people are giving letters. Yeah, let's give letter, let's give letter grades. I like that. Um, yeah, you, 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 we can just start by team and then we can both give our input and then, you know, shoot down the list of, of different teams here. Okay. Um, my first one, Dougie P, A plus. A plus. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a, <laughs> uh, I'll give it a, an, a B plus. I'll give him a B plus. Um, you know, he's, Good coach, but uh, it remains to be seen if he can do it again. Uh, and, and you know, I give it a B-plus also just because Jacksonville is just a hard situation. So whether it's his fault I'm giving him a B-plus or, or it's the, the situation in itself, it's going to be a tough one, uh, uphill battle for sure. But the interesting thing about that is he's going to face Carson Wentz twice a year. Uh, if if Carson Wentz is, in fact, back for the, for the Colts, I'm not sure on that situation, <laughs> Um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, kind of want Dougie P to get the better of him. Um, and the Jack and the oh, Jaguars, yeah. for whatever reason, man, the Jaguars give the Colts a give a, give them a problem. I know it's a division game, and, and usually division games are, are, are battles within themselves. But the Jaguars kind of seem to have the Colts number for whatever reason. It seems like so. Uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting storyline if if Wentz remains you know there for another year or whatever happens with that situation. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, him him against Wentz will be. I mean, I can already envision a Jaguars Colts Thursday night football game in like week four happening. And I think Dougie P hopefully trashes him. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. I, yeah, I love Dougie P. I, I don't think that anyone can really turn around that franchise right now. I mean, obviously he's there because Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think if there's anyone who can put him in a position to succeed, um, I would certainly trust Dougie P to do so. I don't know if he's the best person for the job but again like if you're Jacksonville uh I mean I, th- I think you got to be happy with it right like you go from Urban Meyer who's a complete disaster like the owner is a joke the GM uh is an absolute dumpster fire so like from that situation it'd, it'd be tough for me like even convincing a guy to take the job so I, I think as a fan you gotta be happy with with Dougie P as a whole yeah I think you know all bias aside because you know he was he was my my favorite team's coach there for for I think four or five years, 
you know, I think he's a great motivator. Um, they always played so damn well, like in December, like down the stretch in, in Doug Peterson's tenure, no matter who was playing quarterback, no matter what the roster looked like, um, you know, they, they just, they put it together at, at the end of the year and they did enough to get in the playoffs more times than not when he was there. So um, my hat's off to him. You know, I more so think it's our, our general, if we, if we had a decent general manager and I know he's battling that again there in Jacksonville. So um, yeah, you, you put Doug Peterson with a good, a good defense or a good defense, a good general manager. Um, I think he'd be, he'd be solid. Um, I just think, you know, maybe he's not the right guy to call the plays or, or, to, you know, I, there was a whole situation in Philly surrounding that or, or his assistant, but just a pure motivator as a coach, a guy that, that the players will play for and, and, and battle their asses for, I, I think uh, Doug Peterson's great for that. So it's probably the best Jacksonville hiring, you know, uh, to date, maybe. Um, so they got to be at least, at least content for the time being, you know, you come from one of the worst hirings ever to, to a potentially, um, you know, culture changing hiring. So. Yeah. I'm just shocked that like I said, they can convince anyone to even take the job. So. Get on you, Shad Khan. Hopefully you can uh, not ruin Trevor Lawrence's career. Um, Josh McDaniels of the Raiders, what is your grade, sir? Uh, I'll give that one a B minus. I'm not, I'm not huge on Josh McDaniels. I think he's, he's a golden boy in the fact that like he was just New England, like shined him up. I don't think as far as like, I just don't think he's a mastermind. I, I, I never bought into Josh McDaniels being like absolutely Amazing. I think he's had obviously Tom Brady most of his career in New England. Um, I'm just not, I, I just don't, I don't have a ton of confidence in him. Uh, when he was uh, Denver's head coach, I think they were underwhelming with the roster they had um, way back when. So I, I'll give that one a B minus. Uh, I'm going to give it a C. Uh, you know, he, he said that he's learned from his whole Denver debacle um I, I don't I don't buy it I mean I think he's he's got a good quarterback some of the some of the rest of the roster is a little suspect um not that not that I thought Mike Mack did a bad job I just think you know obviously like the rug situation Damon Arnett like those were his draft picks um but again he also has like some hits uh Max Crosby on a Renfro late round guys um and yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're more set up. I mean, I think of, of any coach, uh, I should say opening the Raiders and the Vikings probably have the best rosters. If you just stack up talent on talent, um, they did, they did obviously hire the Patriots. I think he was like their, you know, director of football operations or something like that. Their de facto GM who worked closely with Belichick to run the draft and free agency. So um, I think that makes sense that, you know, when they originally talked to, the GM, um, they, he was like, who could you get? And he was like, I can get McDaniels. And then apparently Al Davis was like, oh, I didn't know he was available. Or Mark Davis, he was like, I didn't know he was available. Um, so I think just from – I'm just shocked that he wanted to leave New England. I thought that, you know, Felichek had it, you know, had the bag for like two or three more years. McDaniels would obviously be the successor. So I'm just happy. I feel like he's a great offensive mind. I just don't know. Um, if he has what it takes to lead a franchise, and that's obviously what you need to do as a, as a head coach. So I'm just happy that Mac Jones hopefully has to like learn another, another offensive system and that, you know, sets him up for a big time uh, sophomore slump. Uh, I, lo I love Daniel and I, I think, are, are very similar in the fact that like we just root against people so much that like we'll take a situation where like Josh McDaniels might, might do well with the Raiders, but it's better for the Patriots to like have a step back. So yeah. 
all in all, man, it's worth it for, for him. That's what I'm saying. I can honestly care less. I don't care yeah. if like they leave the NFL and go to the CFL. I, as long as he's not knowing that I could care less. I, he's one of those people, man. And I, and I hate to say this on air, but hopefully nobody judges me, the, the listeners we have, but he's like, hate the face. Like I just can't stand that guy. So uh, hate the face. Uh, he, uh, I don't know, man. I yeah, don't he, like the guy. Don't like, him. I think it's, I think it's more of, of like the, uh, it's, like they just freeze their asses off in New England and are wearing like the hats and <laughs> the headbands and the the, just, the the head warmers and all that good stuff. It just makes them like, I don't know. It's it's obviously different than watching a guy coaching a dome. I'll tell you that much. He, he's like like I remember in Denver when he would be interviewed after the games, and I'm like, thank God that guy's not my coach. I, I just I don't like him, man. I, I don't know. Well, he doesn't he doesn't he's not a good salesman. I'll say that. Like a lot of these coaches, like you know they they're a good salesman at the end of the day. Like you make, they make you believe what they're saying. I, I just think he's in over his head. I don't know. It's just me. He, he, uh, he wanted Tim Tebow. So, you know, enough oh, said, <laughs> enough said and traded Brandon Marsh enough said, um, <laughs> Mike McDaniel, Miami dolphins. Uh, I'll go first here. My grade is C minus. Um, I think this is a class he's, he's a younger guy. Uh, I don't know much about him. Um, he was apparently, he's apparently like one of the best young run game architects, I guess is, is a, is a good word to use in the, in the NFL. Um, obviously like the 49ers have a massive rushing attack with Debo Samuel Mitchell, most of when he's healthy in that offensive. I mean, they legitimately have like Trent Williams going in motion and just trucking guys, which is scary. So um, from a creativity standpoint and from what I think that team needs, uh, he obviously has what it takes to put together a game plan for the offense to be successful. Um, very unproven in terms of what, what, what kind of staff can he build out? What kind of defense are they going to run? How is he going to manage Tua? If things can go bad, how is he going to manage the owner of the GM who obviously have, have had some black marks against them during their career? Um, I think the jury's still out. I'm going to go C minus more because of the unknown. I don't know if this really wets the whistle in, in terms of, of being a C, CEO type coach. I think he'll probably handle the offense and, and take more of an Adam Gase style. And, and basically, whoever runs the defense is going to be like co-head coach. I could obviously, I could certainly see a scenario with that happening. But yeah, I think this move just screams, I want Tua um, to be better. I want to get Tua a run game. Um, and even if Tua runs the ball himself, I think they can um, look to be successful there. So this team will go as far as, as Tagovailoa will take them. And, and, again, I don't think the head coach is going to impact all that much considering Tua does not have much success in the league so far. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go C-. But what, what say you, Aaron? Yeah, I'm going to go B-. Um, I don't think this Ooh. is a bad move. I, I think learning from Kyle Shanahan, like sitting in you know, with him, is, is probably a good thing. Um, you alluded to like how well the, they've been able to run the ball. Um, that's something that would obviously help Tua out if they were able to be creative with the run game and and obviously just have success in general with the with the run game. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank. I, I think they're, the Dolphins running back isn't too bad, but I can't remember who who exactly who it is. Um, but yeah, I, I can I, think, I can't either. The research think, department does not know either. Apparently, uh, they're they're taking they're. They're mailing it in. They're ready for the Super Bowl. They're just – it's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let them slide this one time. I, I swear it's only once. But, um, yeah, man, I, I actually think this isn't a bad hire. I think um, Dolphins are, are another team where I don't think they're, like, that far off. It's just 
is Tua the guy? They got to like. I think this is this is the make or break year for Tua, and, and if he has to learn a whole new system, like it is what it is. Like he, that's just the situation that he's in. But um, you know, he he's shown flashes of being all right, and then obviously he's had a lot of down moments as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really curious to see how this works out. Uh, it could be a total flop. I mean, the Dolphins don't have a great track record in the last 15, 20 years uh, whatsoever. So uh, this could be a horrible decision, you know, in obviously letting Flores go and, and bringing in McDaniel. But it, it's it's interesting. And it's another younger coach, man. We're seeing a lot of – this. Is a thir- he's a 38-year-old. And, uh, you know, as far – from what I, I've read about him, it, he was only the offensive coordinator for one year. So – how much did he really swallow up? It, it, that'll be interesting to, to see and how that transfold, uh, how that how that basically goes forward. But other than that, man, I mean, I, I don't know. Like you said, he might be like a just an offensive coach, and I I don't know if he, he'll he's the type of guy to be yelling at guys in the locker room. He looks like he's about five foot six, so uh, I don't know. Huh. Mike McDaniel, uh, yeah, interesting hire. I think. Uh, Hopefully he can, uh, you know, hopefully he goes down there and ruins two. That'd be great for obviously the Jets. So again, we're just obviously putting our bias heavily into these, into these grades. Um, next one, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Uh, what do you think of, of Kevin O'Connell up there in mini? Yeah. Another one where, you know, working along the, uh, Sean McVay. So you, you were another offensive guru, if you will. Um, I'm going to give this one a, a C. I just don't know. I, I really don't know if he's, you know, they've called him the quarterback tutor. Um, I don't know if can he fix Kirk Cousins. No one has, no one's gotten him over the top. I'll say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an upgrade maybe over Mike Zimmer. Obviously, a defensive coach. Uh, Minnesota's always had a, a pretty good defense, you know, throughout Zimmer's tenure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I think they're starting over at GM as well. So uh, uphill battle, I would say, but but not a a team that needs absolutely dismantled, but I'm just going to go on a C basis because I, I just don't know enough about him. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go a, if he trades Kirk cousins, <laughs> C if Kirk cousins is on the roster week one, um, <laughs> I know nothing about this guy. Uh, obviously it comes from any, anytime Sean McVay touches something in terms of gold coaching tree. Um, yeah. I'm going to go. That's what I'm a, a if he trades, A if he trades cousins, C if he's still there week one. Fair enough. All right. Uh I think we talked about okay, Den, Dennis Allen, the Saints. Uh to me, that I guess I'll go B minus. I think that was a chalk pick. Like I said, I think as soon as Sean Payton uh obviously left to retire, whatever he's doing, I think that was basically set in stone. They did end up um, interviewing, I believe, the enemy, uh, a couple other guys, maybe left, which uh, was in there as well. I would have loved to see the enemy get a, get a job. I mean, really anywhere, um, but specifically there, I think the quarterback position obviously needs to be sorted out. Um, so maybe that wouldn't have been the best fit for him uh, because I don't think anyone will want to go there without a quarterback. But um, basically as soon as Dennis Allen signed on there as the DC, I think it was just assumed that he would eventually get a head coaching job somewhere. Uh, it just makes sense, obviously, elevate him into the HC spot. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus here. I'm gonna go D on this one. Uh, hey, I think uh, <laughs> I just think, dude. I I think the Saints are absolute uh, 
dumpster fire right now. Um, their cap situation is horrible. Um, promoting a defensive coordinator head co- to head coach was not, in my opinion, the right move here. Um, he's been a head coach before. His regular season head coaching record is eight and twenty-eight. So, um, say what you want about that. Hey, it's, it's not bad. That uh, <laughs> <man. It's> over <laughs> maybe, five. <laughs> maybe if you're uh, grading, <laughs> grading with a scale, you know, it, it basically, every if everybody failed the failed the test, like maybe the teacher's gonna let everybody retest. That's that's the type of head coach this guy is. Uh, it seems like to me. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll coach the defense up pretty well. I just think they'll be a, a nightmare on offense for years to come. Uh, like I said, their cap situation is is absolutely it's just insanely bad. Like it, it's just horrible. So uh, they have no quarterback. They have no money to spend. I, I just I would I would have brought in uh, I would have taken the chance on an offensive guru that you know maybe like uh, I'm trying to, I should know it the guy that went to the Dolphins. Um, we just Mike, talked about McDaniel. Yeah, McD- I, I would have rolled the dice with that because at least like we might be creative on offense with the limited personnel we're gonna have. Um, you know, I could be totally wrong, but I just I would have kept him at defensive coordinator even if I gotta pay him more. You know, that side of the ball has been decent for the Saints the last couple of years, so I'll give him his credit where credit is due. But as the head coach, you know, maybe he doesn't have as much focus then on the defense and the defense you know, it gets worse and then they have no offense. So I just think the saints might, might be on their way to, to mediocrity and, and to what they were. Like when I first started watching football, they were like a laughing stock in the NFL. They might, they might end up there again they, after Sean Payton walked out. So we'll see. I don't know, man. I think yeah, anytime Taysom Hill's on your roster, your team's got a fighting chance. <laughs> what about uh, Trevor Simeon? Yeah, that, that's, that's a stud right there. Yeah. Uh, my only memory of Trevor Simeon is him shattering his ankle when he was on the Jets, played like three snaps when Darnold had mono. Beautiful. Fun, fun times as a Jets fan, I'll tell you that much. Um, but, hey, we're looking up. Uh, what am I missing? Anyone else we're missing? Uh, we didn't really – I mean, Lovey Smith, obviously, uh, you know, he's been a coach. Oh, yeah, Lovey. Yep. We can touch on him and we can touch on uh, one of the best names ever, Brian DeBull. He's he's the bull, uh, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Dable. <laughs> I hey man, I was hey, hey, hey if it, whatever it was before, it's now the bull. What hey, I heard Pat that's Pat McAfee's fault then. So whatever. Well, but, I mean that's yeah, that's classic. That's classic Yinster talk. I would say. <laughs> um, but we can touch. I mean, we can do lobby first. That one kind of was was a little surprising, I thought. But uh, go yeah. ahead, go go ahead with your letter grade there. Professor. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus here. I, I mean, I think uh, Lovey being back and I mean, I don't, he definitely didn't deserve to get fired in Chicago. I mean, if you look at the record he had with Chicago versus how they fared since he's left, I think he got fired after a ten and six season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then they shortly got rid of Robbie Gold there as well. So he bounced around to the college ranks. I believe he was with Illinois, um, and then uh, obviously back in the NFL last year as the DC of the Texans. So uh, a team that that overall over overachieved, I think um, I wouldn't say they had a great season. Uh, I would just say that they definitely over, I mean, that team on paper was, was probably one of the worst I've ever seen, but uh, again, winning four games, I think it is impressive, especially without um, Deshaun Watson. So, you know, to fire David Culley and then to bring in his DC, I mean, it, it, it kind of makes me think that there were other potential candidates that they would have went with. And I'd like to, I don't, 
really know the contract off the top of my head. I think it was the two-year deal. So this kind of speaks to me and says that um, it, it is sort of a, a deal like Cully, um, and maybe they'll look to, to kind of have Lovey as a stopgap. But I hope that's not the case. I do love Lovey. Uh, no pun intended. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, and hopefully he can have success there. But, again, this roster – uh, and just the way this entire team or organization is built. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but um, hopefully he does uh, end up succeeding. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this one a, a, a B, just a, a solid B. Um, I think it's a good hire. Uh, it's kind of surprising, granted, uh, like based on who they brought, like who the names that were swirling around around this job. I know Josh McCown was one of them. I would have thought that would be an absolute colossal failure. Um, maybe I'm just biased against Josh McCown because he absolutely just did nothing for us when Carson Wentz went out. Uh, I don't care if he's 40 years old or not. Like he did nothing, uh, in that, in that playoff game a couple years ago. But, um, I, I think Lovey Smith is solid coach. Like you said, I mean, he, got, he kind of got the rug torn out from under him in Chicago. I think the defense will get better under Lovey Smith. Um, I think there'll be a more physical team under Lovey Smith. That's it. Lovey Smith's the same guy that got the the combination of Kyle Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, so that's in itself impressive. I don't <laughs> think there's many other coaches that could have pulled that one off. So, you know, just like you, uh, I'm a big fan of Lovey Smith. I think that's the right man for the job. But uh, like you said, I mean, it, the organization of the Texans. I mean, JJ Watt has made comments in the past on like how they've made bad decisions, whether it be. Uh, drawing a blank, uh, Bill O'Brien, like just being able to run the entire team, um, not re-signing guys, re-signing guys they shouldn't have. Like they, they've kind of like just fumbled the ball, no pun intended, no pun intended a million times uh, throughout their, their short history. So, you know, I, I don't, are they going to be competing for a Super Bowl? I don't, I don't know if they'll get, get to that stage, but uh, it's probably a step in the right direction. Like I said, I, I'm a fan of him too. And, and I think, you know, they definitely, like you said, they played hard down the stretch. They played some pretty good teams pretty hard. Davis Mills for being a third-string rookie. I mean, he he, yeah. didn't look, he didn't look terrible. So uh, I would I would take the Texans' job, you know, ten seven days out of seven over the the Saints' job right now. So oh wow, that. I'll say that. I love it. Uh, I mean, yeah, that I think the Saints are like ninety million dollars over the cap. So I know right. the cap space is like somewhat fake, but. Uh, rough days ahead in New Orleans, as we said. Um, Brian Dable, New York Giants. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A. This is my second highest grade behind the goat, Dougie P. Uh, I think he he's obviously been phenomenal uh, up in Buffalo. Um, completely transformed. Josh Allen. I know a lot of that has to do with Josh Allen himself, but again, just putting his team uh, in a position to succeed week in and week out. Um, that game against the Chiefs, again, one of the best games I've ever seen in my entire life. They pound for pound, strike for strike, um, held up with obviously one of the best offenses of all time. Um, to me, if, if you're able to game plan uh, and utilize guys, like I know, I know he has good players and Diggs and, and Gabriel and, and McKenzie and, and guys like that, but if you're able to, to obviously game plan and scheme uh, that well and, and just be an overall uh, phenomenal OC, I think – you got a shot uh, at obviously being a decent head coach. And I, I've heard a couple of press conferences of his and, and some things I've read. I think um, he definitely has the right makeup and um, just being, you know, him, him obviously and the assistant GM from Buffalo uh, coming to New York together to take over the head coach and GM spot. I think 
obviously you just have uh, alignment uh, in terms of communication and just vision overall within within your head coach and front office. And if there's anyone that can you know get the most out of out of Danny Dimes, it's probably a guy like Dable. So I'm gonna give this one an A. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I gave I gave an A as well. This is probably my favorite hire. Um, just based on like you said, I mean Josh Allen's develop development over the last couple of years has been dramatic and it's gotten better and better really every year um you know working with he, he's prior he's spent prior time in Alabama and, and New England uh previously to that so I mean I think with all the experience he's gathered with with the ability to to develop a quarterback and, and they have a guy I, I've never written off Daniel Jones I, I think the guy isn't an absolute bum like a lot of people say I think he huh. has still has potential he's he's had how many head coaches and and you know, what offensive line has he had over the last, you know, two, three, four years? Um, yeah, I, I, I give this – this is a great hire for the, for the Giants, whether, whether they can get on, on board and, and really, like, play as a team. Like, both sides of the ball, it always seems like either one side's good and then the other one's terrible or vice versa. Like, it, they've always seemed to have serious problems, uh, you know, being able to put a season together, a uh, complete season, but – uh, I think he's the right guy for the job. I'll, I'll say that. And, and hopefully he's not because, you know, being in the, in the division with the Eagles, I, I have to root against them. And yeah, it's just, hopefully don't, they don't get much better, but he is a, he seems to be like a, a good offensive mind and, and a guy that can make the team better. I would say. I love it. Uh, phenomenal analysis from, from the man with the legend as always, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of the Giants, we'll get into uh, Brian Flores pretty quickly. Uh, the Giants are one of the teams that were named in his his lawsuit. Uh, Bill Belichick not knowing how to text, um, I think definitely uh, was the kind of the final nail in the coffin for this situation. Um, allegedly, the Giants uh, had hired Brian Dable uh, before even interviewing Flores and some other candidates and allegedly uh, i guess that's it's actually a fact now but flores found out about that because bill belichick texted the wrong brian he texted flores congratulations uh when in, in reality he was actually trying to text uh brian dable so uh another team named in this whole whole debacle was the broncos i guess a couple of years back before he got the miami job when he interviewed for a position with the Broncos, uh, they allegedly showed up late, hung over out of sorts, and just didn't really take his interview seriously. And then the last one, which is, I think, the most significant um, by far, is um, named the Dolphins. In this case, uh, alleged that uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross had communicated to him that uh, if Brian Flores lost games back in 2019, he would get $100,000, $250,000 per loss because he wanted to obviously tank for a better draft pick, which is quite ironic because they ended up passing on Justin Herbert uh, to take two at Tagovailoa, which I think is absolutely hilarious. So, uh, Aaron, what are, what are your overall thoughts on on just this kind of lawsuit uh, as a whole? And and I think we'll probably see some obviously shifts and hopefully some some positive shifts in the NFL hiring process moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you know if, if these things are going on like like being described, obviously uh, it's a mess. Like. I, I would not be surprised if, if multiple teams were tanking like that, that to me, like that one doesn't come as a, as an absolute shocker. I'll say, I mean, it's unfortunate for sure, but I remember different sport, obviously different situation, but the, uh, the 76ers did that whole thing where it was like, trust the process. Let's just go out and lose like every single game, whether, 
whether the coach was being paid for it or not, you know, that's a whole different conversation. But I think that's definitely going on with these with these bottom feeder teams. Uh, you want to compete for that that top spot. Um, the the I'll touch on the the sorry, I'm stuttering ever ever every word today. Uh, Mike the the Denver Broncos and John Elway. Um, you know, if if that were to be true, that that's absolutely terrible. Like that that's just a horrible way to. I, you know, from what I heard, they showed up like half, you know, half of awake, you know, looking hungover. Um, they didn't, they could care less about if Brian Flores is in that chair or not. They already had their guy. Uh, I think what Vic, Vic Vangio at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a mess. I think they should get in trouble for that. Obviously John Elway comes down and denies it. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what transpires going forward. Um and then, well, I'm sorry, the, the Giants, oh, the Giants and the Belichick thing. To, to oh, yeah. me, I, I, I don't trust Belichick at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did know who he was texting and he just wanted to, you know, be a whistleblower in this whole thing um, or just say, like, hey, I messed up. Like, I know in the text he said, like, oh, I fucked this up or, or something like that. Um, I, I just don't trust Belichick. So to say, like, he – he didn't do this on purpose, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, I, I don't trust Bill Belichick where, you know, any place, any time. So, um, yeah, that that's unfortunate as well. I It's going to be interesting now because I don't know. I'm not even sure if there's any other head coaching jobs open anymore. But I don't um, think so, yeah. I don't I, – going forward, like, what's – you know, he kind of – he kind of called out the owners. Like like I said, whether he has a case or not, That that's going to be obviously – talked about and, and you know I'll be interested to see but if these things are true obviously I think the worst one of them all is to me is the is the Broncos like to make it blatantly obvious that you know obviously the Rooney rules in in, a, in place so um, people of color and and, the, and those individuals can get at least um, an interview and 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 that you know I understand that completely but for them to show up and not even take an interview seriously and like that that's just horrible and and I don't know. John Elway, I, I've kind of resented John Elway from the get-go because I remember him getting drafted way, way back when they said sure. uh, he got drafted to the Baltimore Colts. And then he said, I'd rather play baseball than play for the Baltimore Colts. So from day one, like he's been a prick in my opinion. So it wouldn't surprise me, um, you know, if he pulled, pulled something like that. I'll say that. <laughs> future, so. uh, probably, probably the future owner of the uh, Broncos as well. I think him and, the Broncos are up for sale. I think him and Peyton Manning are going to try to get a stake. But uh, back to back to Flores, yeah, it is unfortunate for his sake. It, it takes an insane, immense amount of courage, I think, to, for, to even file and move forward with this lawsuit. Um, have to think he's dropping a, a, great, a grenade on his coaching future in the NFL. I, I don't think it is quite unfortunate, but I don't think teams are going to want to touch a guy like this. Um, at least as it stands now, I mean, hopefully he can, you know, maybe go down the college ranks or get a DC job and, and kind of get back up. Cause I think he was a great head coach. Like if, if the Jets did a head coach this year, I would for sure, I think he would probably be near the top of the list. It, it obviously was, sure. I mean, the, the firing in, in Miami was more due to like a, probably a rift uh, between just organizational values and ideals and things like that between him, the GM and, and Stephen Ross, the owner, obviously they didn't want to tank together. So maybe there were some other, internal rifts and things of that nature. But um, I think he's essentially – Flores is essentially falling on the sword um, for other uh, minority candidates out there. It's time and time again where these candidates are only being interviewed um, just because 
of, of their ethnicity, uh, which is obviously nuts because there are so many good black head coaches out there, uh, head coach candidates out there that unfortunately are passed over time and time again. And he was the guy who actually got to sit in the big chair and did it pretty successfully with um, kind of a terrible organization. Um, so it's unfortunate he was a even out of a job and B that, you know, we're sitting here potentially talking about his, you know, him not getting a second chance, which, which obviously sucks, but I'm hoping some team in the future can look past this because again, I do think he would be a great head coach elsewhere under a better situation, hopefully with a quarterback and some semblance of an offense. Um, but yeah, it's just the whole situation is just tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be definitely be interesting. I, there's been so many storylines, like whether it's the the Camara storyline coming out, obviously Brady retiring, Big Ben retiring. I just feel like this this season's been so full of just like NFL storylines. It just doesn't seem to end. And and obviously this is another one where where we'll see what what transpires from it. But like you said, I mean he might have grenaded his chances for now. I would have been ecstatic if the Texans were dumb enough to hire. Um, Damn, we were just talking about him this week. Uh, oh, uh, hold on. Jonathan Gannon. I don't know why I forgot his name. <laughs> I don't like him. But, um, yeah, if if they would have hired, hired Jonathan Gannon and then the Eagles would have snapped up, snatched up uh, Brian Flores, I would have no no complaints whatsoever, not a single one. But, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens and, and what comes of this going forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, like, like we said, it, it'll be an interesting situation to monitor. And uh, next year, hopefully he gets, you know, a shot again. And, and I think our guy, Jonathan Gannon, will get will get a <laughs> shot again, hopefully for Aaron's, Aaron's sake as well. Um, but Aaron, obviously a lot to get to this week. And we'll certainly next week have a full breakdown of obviously the Super Bowl halftime show, commercials, everything A to B, A to Z. I should say um, we got our guys, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth calling the game on Sunday, which should always be phenomenal. Um, and I'm sure this week will be as well. Um, Aaron, let's take us home. Yeah, as always, you know, um, excited, excited for this coming weekend. You know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest event, one of the, one of the biggest events in professional sports. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how it transpires. And, and as always, you know, we, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a, and a variety of other uh, outlets. Um, but, yeah, obviously, uh, really appreciate the listeners, and we're just going to continue to go uh, full full speed from here on out. Oh, yes, no breaks, baby. Take us home.